the MI Golf Podcast with Paul Kelly and Morris J. It certainly is. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be listening to the MI Golf Podcast episode 45. 45. And on the podcast this evening, Mr. Kelly, we've got all the amateur news and results from what's been a busy period. We hear from Stephanie Meadow, a winner on the Sumatra Tour. We've also all the pro news. And we're looking back on the Masters with US blogger Ryan Ballinger. Why does Patrick Reed defied opinion so much? That's the question. The NI Golf Podcast, sponsored by Andrew Morris Golf. Have your swing analysed on Trackman for a custom club fitting by our leading team of professionals. So let's start where else but at Augusta for the opening major of the year. And before we even talk about the winner, Patrick Reid, there's lots of other stuff to talk about. There is indeed. And starting with Tony Finau, who dislocated his ankle. Did you see that? Of course I saw it. The whole world (laughs) saw it. If for the hope now, surely anybody who's listened to a golf podcast has seen this. Yes, but if they haven't, brief a brief rundown of what happened. Get it? You'll find it on YouTube. You'll find it somewhere. Okay, he's playing the par three tournament. He's a hole in one. I think it might even been at the first. He takes off down the fairway, hands in the air, turns round turns, for some bizarre reason. His family's run. on the tee. Was oh, that what Gives it is? him the hole. Yes, uh, he turns yes. backwards. Yeah, yeah. And as he does, he puts his left left foot down, and it goes side roads, and he dislocates it. Everybody in the place can see it popping out. So what does Tony do? He pops it back in again, and instead of calling an ambulance like the rest of us would do, what does Tony do? He goes on and plays the rest of the board three tournament. When he's finished. He goes for a wee scan. Scan comes back. Well, you've no damaged breaks. it, but there's no brakes. He can't do it any more damage. So what does Tony do? Tony says, you know what? First time at the Masters, I'm playing. Four rounds, finishes 10th, including a brilliant finish over the closing nine, <laughs> nine holes. Even his first day. He was, was like four under in the first day. Uh, but you see, and, and then, then over the last couple of days, he's been showing pictures of it again on social media, it, and it's black and blue. I know. And horrendous. And probably looking. went up like a balloon as soon as he see, finished. And people say golfers are soft. Beware. That man golfer. is a warrior. An absolute warrior. If that, well, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't even have got to the stage where if it was a footballer, because even if a footballer had a stubbed his toe, yeah, he'd have been rolling around. He'd be rolling around and he'd been out for six months. Yeah, right. <laughs> he goes. I mean, you see, here's here's the thing. I have an affliction with ankles. Right. Oh, 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 I didn't know this. Yes, I have bad ankles. Right. Okay. I, I have weak ankles. Weak ankles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard. Of, are you a cankle man? Weak ankles. <laughs> weak ankles. <laughs> no, I have. I, I have weak ankles. Right. Fuck ankles. Right. Okay. Right. No, I do. Uh-huh. I actually do have weak ankles. Right. right. It's, it's a, just a medical, an actual medical condition. I, I'll, do you want me to go into the details? No, it's okay. No, well, because now, now you because yeah. you know you're being just yeah, mocking just, of my affliction. Yeah. Go on. When I was born, I was born feet first. Yes. And I was breech. And my feet were tucked up underneath my legs, a bit oh. like Tony Fainai. Oh. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's how I was born. Right. Now, when you're obviously a baby, you're very floppy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So whenever I come out, they had to go and put them back in. Oh. Right? oh. I didn't know much about it. Can't really remember it. It was only obviously like a, a few minutes, minutes old. old. <laughs> right? But that oh. the, ever since then, I've kind of had weakish ankles okay. so I would go over my ankles fairly regularly okay. how he managed to go on I know what the pain's like <laughs> I know only too well what the pain's like 
How he managed to go on and do what he did is yeah. beyond me. Like, he is now my superhero. Uh, definitely. He is like, you know, super now. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. Unbelievable. And then he said he just made adopted his technique away, but he just didn't get over onto his left side that much. Uh, not that and much. he still hits it. 320 nice. yards. Oh, he was brilliant. Brilliant for Tony. Well done. Unbelievable. Uh, anyway, far on. Yeah, well, as you know, Rory McIlroy was there. And he was seemingly in pole position, was many people's favours to complete the Grand Slam. He started there playing in the final group with Patrick Reed. It was three shots behind. But from his first tee shot, when he hit it way, way right. Well, he blocked it a bit. Stop <laughs> exaggerating. Things didn't appear to be going so well for him. He signed for two over par 74 and finished tied for fifth. And here's what he said. Of course it's frustrating, but... Um... <laughs> You know, it's hard to take any positives from it right now, but, you know, I, at least I put myself in a position. Um, you know, that's all I wanted to do. The last four years, I've had top tens, but it hasn't been, you know, I haven't been close enough to the lead today. I got myself there. You know, I didn't, I didn't quite do enough. Um, but, you know, come back again next year and, and try. You know, I've played in two final groups in the last seven years. I've had, you know, five top tens. I, I play this golf course well. You know, I just haven't played it well enough at the right times. Is there anything that you'll take that you'll examine from this that will hopefully serve you in the future? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I I can't give you a good answer to that right now because, you know, I'm just off the 18th green. But, you know, I'll sit down and reflect over the next few days and um, see what I could have potentially done better. Um, more, more, you know, whether it be mindset or uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, I just didn't quite have it today. You know, I, I played some great golf yesterday, and uh, I just didn't continue, continue that that golf into today. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, just wasn't quite as trusting as I was the first few days. Uh, yeah, and that, that that made a big big difference. When you got a bit flat out there and it got flat, could you diagnose it? And it was a case of just trying so hard to rectify it. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was trying to hit good shots and good putts, and um, you know, anytime I felt like I hit a decent shot, I either left myself on the wrong side of the pin or gave myself a tricky one down the hill, or you know, I. And then when I did get some opportunities, I didn't, you know, I didn't take advantage of them. So. Yeah, look, tough day, but you know I'll be back, and uh, you know hopefully I'll be better. Or is the putt on two really the one you'll that'll stick with? Uh, no, because I mean, you know, putt on two. You know, I still made birdie. You know, after where I was off the tee on one, I would have taken one under through two. So it was more given that birdie back straight away on three, and then obviously birdie on four was huge, and then giving it straight back again on five. It was like every time I took a step forward, I, I took a step back in the next hole, and I think that was. You know that I had a chance to maybe put a little bit more pressure on them than I did, and you know I, I'd say that three and three and five are the ones that I look back on. And if I could have made pars there, it could have been a different story. Well, you had so much confidence yesterday, last night. What is different this morning? Um, I don't know. I, I I had a decent warm up. Um, you know, I, I didn't. You know, I had a bit of a shaky drive off the first, but you know, it was a really good up and down for par. Um, and I hit some good shots out there. It wasn't as if I just didn't. You know, again, you know, there's a lot of. You know, I feel like momentum's a huge thing, especially in final rounds. You look at what Jordan did, what Ricky did. They got on a roll, and I didn't. I just, you know, and we both, you know, Patrick and I didn't at all. You know, we were both around even par and just sort of grinding out there, and uh, wasn't wasn't quite what we both had in mind. He just hung in. 
there a little bit better than I did and, and got the job done. Was it more pressure than you expected? You said you didn't feel like you'd have much pressure, but was it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think when you're playing in the final group of a, of a major, there's always going to be pressure. Um, but after I parred the first, that, that sort of settled me down. So it wasn't, it wasn't as if nerves got to me or I just, I just didn't quite have it. He didn't quite have it. He's kind of said it all, and he's, you know, he kind of countered all the stuff that people have been saying who didn't hear that press conference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was the media scrum afterwards, and I heard our mate Greg Allen in there as mm-hmm, well. Well, mm-hmm. don't mention his record in the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so, you know, that was the, he was in there, he was answering all the questions, he was as honest mm-hmm. as he always mm-hmm. is. It just didn't click for whatever reason, it just didn't click on the last day. I thought it was interesting there, uh, with reference to his warm-up, because... I sort of thought maybe it had a bad warm-up. Maybe just the, it, things had been a bit flat there. And when he came on to the, the, the first tee, he just couldn't get a He was on a wee bit of <laughs> But it seems like he said he had a decent warm-up there, yeah, so yeah. you can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. Then obviously there's been people saying, oh, if he had a decent caddy, he'd have been all right. Once again, that's if spots and maybes. Well, you don't, you don't, you don't know. really know. You don't know what the decisions were made out yeah. there that may have affected that mm-hmm. or otherwise. So mm-hmm. you don't really know. Well, all you do know is that when it came to the matter, it wasn't there for him. And that, not will, that must be, it must be worry. That's going to worry him. It's not, no, it's not going to worry I don't him. Think no, so. I don't, not at all. Uh, that was just an off day that happened to fall on the most important day this <laughs> time. It used to be the Thursday and Friday where the bit of the slow starts came mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. And then he would fire, you know, seven under on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just the day has just been a bad, not a great day. Mm, Do you know, mm. he, he says, he said, he played some great shots. He absolutely did. Mm. You know, he blocked one down the first, yeah. great up and down yeah. for his par. Your man already dropped a shot. He That's was right. you know, two off. Next hole, putting for the eagle. Okay, that you would have thought that would assert, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, people were saying, you know, if he had got that eagle, that would have really fired him up. He's yeah. kind of said no. He said, he said yeah. there, I was happy yeah. enough to be one under after two. Yeah. If you'd have told me in the first tee, that was he'd have taken after it. the first drive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the it was the next three and five. I think it was where, where, he, he, got the, where he drops the shots. Yeah. Because yeah. he was he was getting one and he was he, giving he, it back. He couldn't he couldn't get close enough to read to put any real pressure on him. Yeah. But. And a lot of people have talked about his putting not being great on the day. And wasn't it wasn't great on the day. His, his, his whole game wasn't good. Yeah. The driving. Well, it was, he, he missed a lot. He missed a lot of greens, Morris, and he missed, he, he missed, missed a few he missed greens. A his driving wasn't too. I mean, I yeah. I sat down and started going through every single shot. <laughs> like there, I got I got to the the I got to the eleventh and I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> not on the Sunday. This was this yeah. was on the repeats. All right. So you you, you were going through it analytically, right? I was right? going and just to see, you know, what's the crack. Now yeah. there was nothing really. Jumping out, other than some, you know, some good, some good yeah. shots, some okay shots, and some bad shots. It was yeah. kind of just an up and down, right? Yeah, Do you know. And it, unfortunately, it fell on the, on the. You know, he's driving three hundred and seventy-one yards mm. on the second hole. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and he's then he's uh, that amazing approach shot. Uh, what was one hundred and ninety-six yards? Probably an eight iron down the hill, mm. four feet for eagle. Misses the putt, you know. It's just one of those. It's just, and then it was just that up and downness that, yeah. that kind of. But but he, the fact that, I suppose the fact that he wasn't able to get himself going and get that, you know, you know, you just felt that, you know, come on, Roy, this is this is the last day. Let, let's go. Let's really fire yeah, yourself yeah. up and get fired up into it. But there wasn't even any of that there, you know. It was as if he knew this, and this is this just isn't there today. I kind of thought of that afterwards, yeah, because uh, I remember <laughs> I watched <laughs> Gary Player was on doing an interview, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
And he was telling, I think it was probably Sarah on Sky or whatever, how he used to get himself fired up mm-hmm. for one of the one of the one of the final days. Mm-hmm. And he basically, <laughs> and I'd love to see Rory do this. He basically went into like a Tai Chi uh, sort of crouch. Right, and held it, and then started slapping himself on the face. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And that's how he used to it. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's a business opportunity there. <laughs> Slap around some pro tour players before they start. Get them fired up. You did. You just felt that he was so flat. And on a day when he couldn't be flat, that was a worry. And Rory did. You know, we we have seen Rory over the years. When he gets that bounce in his, in his exactly. step, you know that he's going yeah. to be flying. Yeah. You know? and but maybe, uh, maybe there is a bit of that, but just as he's was, getting older. It was, it was quite clear after about nine or ten holes that he was flat. And that there was, you, even at nine, you say, oh, the master starts in the back nine. Uh-huh. Not for Rory. Yeah. It was flatlined all the way around. Well, Shane Laurie was uh, chatting to our friends at News Talk. Uh, so here's what uh, Shane had to say about Rory. Yeah, there's times when I think you'd even go back to the tee shot in the first where that throws you off. Like, you hit a shot like that. Like, Rory McIlroy is not used to hitting shots like that. He doesn't hit shots like that. And it was a good bit right. And, like, I, it definitely threw him for a while. And obviously, he hit two great shots into the second. And I believe if he hold that putt, he probably would have went on to definitely contend on the back nine. But it was one of those, you hit that drive and then you miss that putt and all of a sudden you don't trust yourself for the day. And, like, we've both had it. I've had it where you know you're just not trusting yourself and and that's the way it is unfortunately for him it was on Master Sunday and if you look at it as well like I was looking at the golf on Sunday night and they showed a replay of Rory's first nine holes basically the putts he had missed if he'd hold anything in the front nine he would have been right there coming the back nine the thing people have to realise is there's a reason that only five people have ever won the Grand Slam and you know um he hopefully one day will win it, and that's what he says himself. But uh, it's very difficult to do, obviously. And you know he's got he's got a great chance. He's got another, I suppose he's definitely got another fifteen years at, easily, at yeah. it easily. So and that's the point. Well, Shin makes a lot of sense there in the sense that um, not trusting it. You know when it when it when it's really on the line, a couple of shots that you're not used to. It's hitting, into your head a wee bit. And before you know it, for 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 the likes of your average hacker, they expect to hit the odd bad shots. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, you know, the one that does everybody, for example, is your good old shank. After you hit your first shank, your next couple of pitch shots or iron shots are a bit... Well, imagine if that, if you're in the middle of the Masters, the green green jacket's on the line, the grand slam's on the line, (laughs) and you throw in a couple of shots where you go, whoa, what the hell Uh, happened there? uh, Well... Two points, as as Shane said, he's got fifteen years at least yeah. to have, an, and and that that'll be the case yeah. as the years roll by. This is going to happen every year now. There's going to be this kind of expectation. Yeah. There's going to be on him, and as the years roll by, it'll get less and less in his mind. If it is in his mind that much, and he'll just go out one of these times and he'll shoot twenty under. Or alternatively, the opposite could happen. That every time he goes to the Masters, he'll be no. thinking, "I'm only got, no. I've only got fourteen no, left. I've only think, got thirteen no, left." I don't think so. <laughs> well, um, in the end of the. Sunday back nine excitement was provided by two Americans, Ricky Fowler and former champion Jordan Spieth. Spieth was absolutely unbelievable in that back nine. He, he, he was nine behind Reid at the start of the final round, but turned on the fireworks. He carded nine birdies and 16 holes. And had not been for bogey in the last, who knows, he might have got a, some sort of playoff even. Mm. He was amazing. Yeah, he was. When he's so been, was Paul Casey. Let's not forget Paul Casey. He was early doing, in the day. Had got very yeah, well, he was doing the same thing. He, went, I think he 
a couple five of five or six in a row or couple something. Of ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. I think we've got two birdies, eagle, mm-hmm. two birdies. That's no, right, so, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So it can be done. And Ricky Fowler then ultimately came closest to Reid. He had a final round of five under 67, with some finishing 14 under par. And Ricky probably maybe thought he was going to at least get into that playoff. And then he held the putt, you see. But Reid did the business again. He did. He was very good. He was very good. We can't take it away from him. Fair play. At clubstohire.com, you can take all the hassle out of your golf travel and rent your clubs before you fly. Clubs to Hire offer the very latest sets from just £32 per week, including the brand new M4 clubs from TaylorMade. And Clubs to Hire have just opened three new locations in Australia. That's 26 locations worldwide. So wherever you're travelling to play golf, choose the easy option and hire your clubs at clubstohire.com. So the man left standing when the final putt was holed at Augusta was indeed Patrick Reed. The US star carded rounds of 69, 66, 67 and 71 to win by a shot. But the reaction to his victory has been muted, to say the very least. Even in America, no one seems particularly fussed by Reed's first major victory. But rather than us trying to work out why that is, we've asked a real-life American. Actually, an American. actual American. Yes. To explain. None other than Ryan Ballinger. He's a Washington-based blogger at Golfnet and Newsnet, and he joins us now. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Ryan. Good to have you on the phone. Thank you for having me on. appreciate it. Not at all, Squire. So what is it about Patrick Reed? Why does everybody hate him? Well, it's an interesting question. <laughs> uh, I think I can best summarize it that when he's on the American Ryder Cup team or the American President's Cup team, he's our jerk. <laughs> and he's the guy that we want on our team to be the guy everyone else hates on the other team. Captain and America! Works in it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Without the shield. And when he works in an individual capacity, that all changes. And all of a sudden, he is an awkward loner without many friends who has a checkered past. And uh, he's the guy that stands in the way between Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas and, and Rory McIlroy and major championships. And all of a sudden, the patrons at Augusta National, which have a, a pretty good idea of his past, given that he had much of it in Augusta, uh, we're not as interested in rooting for him. And that's why you heard kind of a polite smattering of applause when yeah. he won as opposed to what you would have heard when Spieth won or or even when Sergio won last year. Yeah, people may not know much about that checkered past. I, mean, I didn't know too much about it until he obviously won the Masters. Just just give us a, quite a, a summation of what that checkered past was or, or might have been. Sure, it kind of falls into two buckets. So when he committed to collegiate golf at the University of Georgia... Uh, he was thought of as a potentially a problem player, basically. But the, the coaching staff there, Chris Hack, his longtime coach there, thought that Reed would, once he got on campus, would do just fine. He would acclimate to college. He would get in with his teammates and things would be okay. But that wasn't the case. You know, he had a, a run-in with the law on campus uh, with a, an illegal alcohol charge, basically. And then he was accused of a couple of different things while being on the golf team for a very short period of time. One... Uh, stealing a putter from one of his players, uh, one of his teammates, and then also stroke shaving. He was accused of cheating in practice rounds and not following the rules. And ultimately, he was dismissed from the golf team and moved to Augusta State University, where they won back-to-back national championships somewhat improbably with Reed as kind of the lead player and then several other players like Henrik Norlander, who went on to the PJ Tour, uh, right behind him. And there he didn't really ingratiate himself to his teammates there and didn't really have quite the same set of struggles but was accused again of of stroke shaving and has kind of been held in that you're a cheater esteem since uh, even by 
a lot of his younger peers who played either collegiate golf against him or, or junior golf against him. And then the other bucket is his family. He, he, he hasn't really been in contact with his parents and sister for about six or seven years now. And his parents, who spoke with Sports Illustrated, or excuse me, Golf.com and ESPN about that here in the States, on that Sunday, on the Sunday Read 1, they, they've been speaking about this for several years on and off, and they give their side of the story. They, and they said they, they had misgivings about Patrick marrying his wife, Justine, and that they had spoken up about that, and ultimately Reed married his wife and uh, turned from them. And Reed, neither of them have really spoken much publicly about it. Justine has posted to Facebook about it, and she made some serious accusations that Patrick's parents abused him in some fashion as, as a young man. Oof. So that's kind of as much as they've said about it, but Patrick Reed does not want to talk about it, and I'm sure he has his reasons, but between those two things, there's kind of the sentiment that maybe there's more that meets the eye to Patrick Reed and that what we don't know is negative instead of what we don't know is positive. Yeah, you know, family, family is family, and we all have families, and we all have family feuds, so as far as the family side of things uh, goes, we can give him a ball on that. But we, you know, we have a saying here called gobshite. And for being a gobshite and being a cheat, sorry, you don't get a Bible for that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The, the, the worrying thing, I suppose, for Patrick, Ryan, is Paul here. Um, the problem is that he doesn't seem to go out of his way to address these issues. His, his deal with the media is basically, I'm not going to talk about these things. So people don't really know what's going on. Is he, do you think that he will do a wee bit yeah. of extra PR now to try and change that, that image of himself? I don't know. I mean, I, I, he seems so sure of himself and he seems so confident in his approach. I mean, he's a, he's a loner. He does not have pra playing practice partners usually. He doesn't have a lot of friends. His wife has usually been by his side. She was his caddy for a while now. His brother-in-law, Kessler, is. So it's kind of Team Reed versus the world. And I, part of me thinks that by him achieving this level of success, he'll feel it validates what he did to get here, and that is to not speak about the controversies in his past, and to not open up, and to not become perhaps friendlier to his, his peers, or to fans for that matter. And then you could go the other way, and you could say, okay, well, now's my opportunity to clear the air. I, I don't know where he sits on that yet, and I'm not sure he's entirely thought about it yet. Yeah, exactly. I can imagine probably being just a few days removed from winning, the, you know, the biggest moment of your life, you're probably thinking still about that. But maybe in a few weeks or a few months, he comes around and says, you know what, I, I want to explain to people my past and, and what happened and that I'm a different man now. And, and here's who Patrick Reed is today. And that's who Patrick Reed was when he was 18 or 19 years old. And I think if he does that and, and is genuine about it, I, I think people are certainly in this country are very forgiving of people who being contrite and, and want to say I'm sorry for even stuff they shouldn't apologize for. So uh, <laughs> I, I, in the end, I think it's up to Patrick Reed, but I, I kind of get the feeling he's just going to keep doing what he's been doing. Well, I was going to say, or maybe he won't come around and maybe he won't just change and maybe he'll go, you know day. what, I've just won a major by being a shitty self like me, so I'm going to carry on. <laughs> exactly. And he's not the first, you know. <laughs> I mean, look at Tiger, you know, and Tiger wasn't the most social, wasn't he? He was very focused, look at Pat Perez, by mm -hmm. his own admission, he says, I just want to get the job done, I don't need to talk to anybody, and so, you know, it's it's maybe just the way he is, and the com and the, the, the problems that he's had has compounded that, the, the bit that is hard for probably people to get over, you know, as I say, family is family, but the, the accusations of cheating, and all that kind of stuff, that's probably the hard part, you know. So. Yeah, I think it, it, he's, he is certainly an interesting character, but it is 
would it be fair to say that the golf media and the sports media have focused more on the negative instead of the positive for Patrick Reed? I think so. And I, I think that's in part because it's kind of shrouded in mystery. So there's this assumption that uh, it's a story that's important to understand a champion and how, and how they got to the point they got to. And, and if that includes bad things, that includes bad things. Um, I, I feel like at the moment you achieve your greatest success, it's not normally done, you know, in this country at least, it's not normally done to the point where uh, you're not celebrated at all. You're just kind of questioned. And I, I, I can imagine if I were Patrick Reed, I would be somewhat upset that I, my accomplishment holding off Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm uh, to win a Masters was not talked more about in that context so much as it was talked about a non-redemptive win for a guy who really isn't beloved by his peers or the fans. And it's going to be a complicated story, but as I kind of talk about sometimes, golf is this long game where we weave these points in time together to form a total story, and it takes a really long time to figure that out. So trying to tell Patrick Reed's story just hours after winning a major championship seems almost kind of a fool's errand because I don't think you can truly do it. Yeah, it's sad in a way, but we'll, we'll obviously see how it all pans out over the years ahead. And uh, Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us from Washington uh, tonight on the podcast. I'll be tuning into your very own podcast again uh, when the next episode goes up because I know you do one and it's a very good one too. Uh, so thank you for your time, sir. Thanks very much, Ryan. Thank you, appreciate it. Cheers, all the best now, bye-bye. Get the best prices on every round of golf with Hot Deals Tea Times exclusively from Golf Now. Available at more than 1,600 golf clubs throughout the UK and Ireland. Hot Deals save you up to 80% on thousands of tea times daily. Find the flame and save every time you play with Hot Deals only from Golf Now. Right, so the Masters is out of the way and professional golf just keeps on going. The European tours in Spain at the Open to Spania. And John Ram is the main draw there. From a home perspective, Gavin Moynihan and Paul Dunner in action. Ram started with a 67, very good. And Moynihan signed for a level par 72, but that included a 9 at the par 5 fifth. It was actually down to 10. Yeah, we forgot to mention Sergio's 13. <laughs> you didn't say is there anything else of note in the Masters? I know, I but know. I forgot about Sergio's 13. <laughs> Poor Sergio, what a way to start. Well, hang on a second. Do you not think at some stage somebody says, just stop hitting that shot? Yes. Mm -hmm. Your own inner self going, why are you being so dumb? <laughs> Even the worst amateur, yeah. after the second two one, maybe. in the water, yeah. would be going, get this 50 yards past that flag. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or at least 20. It was a bit daft. It was I, a total tin cup moment, one after the other. The I, same just, I, just, I just could not get... I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's that's when your caddy needs to go around and wrap the club around your head. And it was, I, I was gobsmacked. Yeah. I was gobsmacked. I went, you are not doing this again. Do not... And he did the same shot. What, six, five, six? Four times. It was more than that. <laughs> it was like five times in a row. <laughs> it was so bad. Just blew him out of the water straight away. Blew him into the water straight yeah. away. Uh -huh. Anyway, so, speaking of, sorry, back to that. Yeah, so Gavin had a, a nine, it, it was down as a ten. And Paul Dunn shares a lead at the end of the day on six under. Yes, that's as, as of today, just yep. as we were coming out of on the house. On Thursday, yeah. Uh, he shot an eagle on the 18th to go to six under sharing Very the lead, good. which is great. Uh, the Challenge Tour is in China for the Belt and Road Colourful Yunnan Open. That's, what a that's great, a name. That a is a name. name. Yeah. The Belt and Road Colourful Yunnan Open. 
Uh, round one has been completed. There's a four-way tie at the top on minus five. It was a bad day at the office, however, for our two competitors. Ho-Dog, Michael Hoy, plus ten on yeah, his first day, and Cormac Sharvin, plus five. Yep, over in the PGA Tour, it's the RBC Heritage at Harbortown. And Graham McDowell, who's a former winner of the event, is the only home player in action. Uh, the LPGA is in Hawaii at the Lot Championship. Sweden's Pernilla Lindberg, who won the opening Ladies Major of the Year, the ANA Championship, uh, the ANA is otherwise yeah. known, yeah. was joint 11th for after round one. Uh, world number one, Shanshan Feng, led the way on five under par. And while Rory was struggling at Augusta, Jordanstown-born Stephanie Meadow was grabbing her first win on the Symmetra Tour, beating Cardi Silvers in the, on the opening hole of a playoff to collect the 2018 IOA Championship. Now, Stephanie has made a really strong start to the season. She's won a couple of times in the Cactus Tour and has now sealed this win at California. And she has moved to second in the order of merit and the top 10 will automatically be handed cards on the LPGA for next season. So here's what Stephanie said after her win. If I had told you at the beginning of the day that you would be in a playoff after being down six strokes entering the day and you wouldn't even be in a playoff with the 36 hole leader but another one right near you on the leaderboard what would what would the look of in your face have been yeah i would have pretty much doubted it um you know i thought if i was going to be in a playoff i probably would have had to shoot like six maybe six seven under today to catch her um but you know what happens people have tough days on the last day and if you just stay steady and make some birdies you know you never know what can happen what was that playoff like when you stepped up to the a putt about 40 feet you said what uh, when you were looking down over it what was it like and the nerves going through your body yeah uh, I wasn't super nervous um, I was just trying to say to myself okay it's all about speed you know tap it in and make her two putt um, you know and then to make it and it was dead center <laughs> it was pretty awesome uh, honestly I hadn't made anything all week so for those two putts on 18 in regulation and then in the playoff hall to go in was pretty special I guess I was saving them up <laughs> <laughs> take me through what this course was like to play this week it seemed extremely difficult especially with a winning score of only 400 yeah it played firm and it was windy so it was a little tricky to judge um, you know approach shots and rough around the green was thick so you know you miss the green you have a good chance of not getting up and down so you know just took steady play this week um, you know I I still feel like I could have, you know, had a few better scores. <laughs> I didn't make some mistakes, but that's the name of the game. You just do what you can and see if it gets it done. Now, you won a Cactus Tour event at the end of March. Mm -hmm. You won your first Symmetra Tour event today. Yeah. <laughs> your last two starts, you're a, uh, I think that's 100% yeah. win percentage for you. Mm -hmm. Where's the momentum at right now in your game, and where does it go from here uh, with the Iowa Invitational coming up mm -hmm. at the beginning of May? Um, I mean, I just have a lot of confidence right now. You know, winning Cactus Tour, it's it's still a, still a win. So um, I took that into this week, and I've been playing great for a couple months now, and I just knew I had to put it together somehow, and, uh, and I finally did. How will you enjoy this win? Um, <laughs> uh, just drive home. <laughs> no, day off tomorrow, um, just relax, and uh, then get back at it, you know, towards the end of the week and get ready. Um, you know, it's just, you got to take it in, but you can't take it for granted. You try and do it again, keep the momentum going.
What do the words chance, can and couple of months have in common? Uh, I don't know. If it wasn't for those words in that interview, you wouldn't have known she was from Jordanstown. <laughs> <laughs> wow! She, now, remember Stephanie's been there I since... I she's been there for ages, I know. 14 or something now. Oh, 14. is it really? Is yeah, that how long? that long, yeah. yeah, oh. yeah. The family moved over that long. But there's still a wee bit. Just occasionally. We've still got a hold of her. And, and, and it, doesn't, and it, doesn't take, it doesn't take Stephanie long to drop back to into, drop back if into she's Jordanstown. Here, if she's here. That's a very important win for her. I'm so pleased for her because she's had... A rough pair of their injury, so it's great. To yeah, see no, it. fantastic. And uh, that's uh, Stuart Gren, Colin Fairweather, and Chris Selfridge all earned Category Three memberships at the final stage of Euro Tour Q School. Yay! Yeah, and Gavin Moynihan and Paul Dunn will represent Ireland in the European Tour's Golf Sixes event from May the fifth to the sixth. The draw was done today. That's a Thursday, and Ireland will face France, Italy, and Scotland in their group games. One of the premier Challenge Tour events of the year, the NI Open, hosted by Modest Golf, returns to Galgorn Castle from the 16th to the 19th of August. Register now for your free tickets at niopen.golf. On with the amateur news, please, Mr Kelly. Okay, so the weather was horrendous over Easter, but all these tournaments had to be played because it was school holidays and there was golf everywhere. So we've a lot to get through, but it was great to see some golf being played. Can I just say I'm glad I wasn't playing in any of it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was. <laughs> so, listen, busy time. Uh, County Sligo's Sean McLaughlin won the Ulster Under-14 Open Championship at our glass by a shot from fifth legs Alex King. And there was a two-and-a-half-hour delay at one stage because of the rain. Over at Loch Erne, 41 competitors lined up for the Ulster Girls Open Championship. Spain's Nicole Joyce Moreno won the title. She collected the Fred Daly Trophy. And in the other categories, the Merlin Cup was won by Olivia Snoddy. She's from Green Island Golf Club. And the Cloud Cup went to Anya Duggan. She's from Woodstock Golf Club. Competitors in the West of Ireland Championship battled some testing conditions over the week at County Sligo GC. NACE representative Robert Brazel beat Castle's Irish international Alex Gleeson one up in the final. Uh, after the event, uh, he spoke to the GUI's Alan Kelly. An absolute dream come true. Um, never ever thought something like this would happen. I'm absolutely delighted. Uh, it's the best golf I've ever played. It's the happiest I've ever been on and off a golf course. So, can't really ask much better than that. There must be something in the water in Nace in County Kildare because you're the third member of the golf club to capture this prestigious title in five years. Yeah, That's some achievement for the club, isn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic. Like, it's, a, it's a great, great club um, in terms of the members, the coaching, everybody there. Everyone wants to be involved. Everyone wants to know what they're doing. And, of course, like there's, there's some great players that are ahead of me that I get to play with and test myself against. And I suppose it's the best way of learning is playing with someone better than you. See how they do it. So the likes of Jack Hume and Johnny Hayes? Jack and Johnny. like I've played massive amounts of golf with Jack, especially over, like I used to be a member of Rassala with him years ago and just watching him growing up. It was always great for me because I could always tell myself, okay, well, if I can beat Jack Hume, well, then I'm doing something good on the golf course. And same with Johnny. Like, Johnny's, you've seen him in the last couple of years, his, his results are absolutely fantastic. So, again, when I get to play with Johnny in the course, anytime I put it up to him or beat him, for me, it's a, it's a lot of boxes taken to my head because he's, he's a very, very good player. You're up against a former Irish close champion and a, an Ireland international in Alex Gleeson's day. How were the nerves standing on the first tee? Uh, very surprisingly calm. But I, myself and Robbie approached it in sort of a, a roundabout way. Um, I think I said to Robbie walking off the, the sixth or seventh, I think I said I was only one down or level, and I said, John Robbie, at least I can't get beaten on 10 now. 
And I said it a lot of times, and even walking off the 16th tee box, I said to him, I said, look, I'm two up, at least I'm going down 18. So I kind of looked at it that way. Um, Alex is a serious, serious, serious golfer. Uh, in, like, in my mind, before the game, I just said, right, I've, I've gotten this far, just give it a go. And I, I normally I will be quite a nervous person in the first tee, but just whatever mindset I was in, I just didn't, I, I didn't really feel the nerves that I felt before, basically. The Bridgestone Order of Merit carries on to the Munster Stroke play first weekend in May and then on to Royal County Down for the Flogas Irish Amateur Open. Mm. Uh, your season goals will change, as you've said, throughout the season. What would it mean to you to uh, to perform throughout the year and possibly make the Ireland team? Ah, it'd be an absolute dream come true. It's the only thing I want to do. I'd, I'd absolutely love to represent Ireland playing golf. It'd be an absolute dream. I know my parents, they would absolutely love to see me doing it. Um, yourself it's a, it's a massive honour there's a lot of good players doing it they get to go to a lot of nice places and play a lot of nice courses so I don't see what would be wrong with that and we would like to apologise for Alan Kelly's choice of music under that interview, which sounded like a very bad 70s sitcom or an ice cream van. Right, next time we meet Alan. Yeah, just remind him about it. Well, another nice golfer this time, Jimmy Butler, won the year's this year's multi-cargo limited-sponsored Leinster Boys Under-16 Amber Open Championship at Beaverstown. He beat Ellen Park's Robert Gilligan in a three-hole playoff and Green Acres golfer Keaton Morrison finished in third place. Ireland's Ronan Mull Arney and Chloe Ryan won the RNA Foundation Scholars Tournament in St Andrews. It's the second time Chloe has won the event. She lifted the title back in 2016 as well. Maynooth University student Ronan finished on five under par for the 54-hole event. Uh, Chloe, who's studying in Madrid, finished on four over par. Both players have earned places on the international team to play against the US in the Palmer Cup in July. And Olivia Mahaffey, our Vice VP, President of Programming, uh, Vice President of Programming, uh, will also be competing for the international team. And the GUF confirmed that County Sligo Golf Club will be the venue for the Irish Amateur Open for one year in 2019. Ireland's premier amateur golf tournament will stay on the West Coast for three years in total, with Galway Bay playing host in 2020 and 2021 as the event moves to a new August date. And this year's tournament will be at Royal County Down from the 17th to 20th of May. Fred Ridley, chairman of Augusta National Golf Club, announced a new tournament during Masters Week. The Augusta National Women's Amateur Championship will be held annually the week prior to the Masters and will culminate with the final round taking place at, indeed, Augusta National. The 54-hole stroke play tournament will feature an international field of 72 players. Invitees will be t- determined by award winning uh, by awarding winners of other recognised championships and using the Women's World Amateur Golf Rankings. Uh, on current rankings, Olivia Mahaffey would definitely be playing. Would not be some trip, yeah. The Irish Girls Under-18 Open Stroke Play Championship will take place at Roganstown Golf and Country Club from the 13th to the 15th of April. The championship will be played over 54 holes, 18 holes Friday and Saturday, with the top 50 players plus ties progressing to the final 18 holes on Sunday. An international field of 114 players will be represent 14 countries in the tournament. Uh, earlier today, Maynooth's Ronan Malerny, who we mentioned earlier on, collected another title, Irish Students Amateur Open at Tralee. And Malerny carded a final round 71 to finish the 54-hole tournament on three under par, one stroke clear of Maynooth University teammate Jack McDonnell. Maynooth's Clodagh Walsh won the ladies' event by 13 shots. A busy week in the amateur world. 
Andrew Morris Golf now offers 12 months interest-free credit on everything bought online and in-store. New golf clubs or that electric trolley you've been dreaming of for as little as £30 per month. Drive the extra mile to drive away happy. Check out andrewmorrisgolf.com for full terms and conditions. And that is it for episode 45 of the NI Golf Podcast. Uh, other than to say, where were you, why were you not at the K Club? Uh, I was working. Well, we know that's not true. <laughs> working moves or what were you doing? Genuinely working and I was also doing a bit of junior football coaching. It's getting to the crunch time of the season uh, and we're in a running for a wee title. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, you, you missed um, you, you missed a great weekend. I believe it was, it was good, good well looked after as usual. As well looked after. The uh, the courses were a bit mucky underfoot, I'm particularly the Smurfit, as you might expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just love those two courses. They yeah. are, you know, see if we if we ever get good weather in April, <laughs> every time we one play. One of these days. One of these years. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> glorious. Uh, but it was that's that's where we were watching, the, obviously, the final round of the Masters and stuff. Exactly. How did you play a Mars, Jay? Uh, don't ask. Okay. Decidedly average. Uh, there were some uh, moments of genius. Okay. There always are. Just not enough of them. Um, sh- sh- would you like me to retell my uh, how I did the Rory McIlroy three wood on the 16th over the water onto the green? Well, yes. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you all about it. So we were two, don't we two up. You and your partner? No, hang on. What were we? We were no. two up going down the 16th. Okay. Right. No. We were one up and down the 16th. Okay. One up and down the 16th. Uh, so this is in a rematch. So I had a half-decent drive, slightly overfaded it a bit, and it was kind of in the rough on the right, uh-huh. about 20 yards past the Rory plaque. Okay. Right. So this is the three-word that he hit. On his way to win Whatever the it was, it was 270 yards. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so I was probably about 30 yards ahead of that, sort of in the edge of the rough, and I said to my partner, so... Do I go for the cracker? What do I do? And Jerry said, "No, you do not. We're one up. Play, lay up, and chip, chip across." You've a shot here. We need it. <laughs> so I went, "Oh, you bore bag. Okay, right." Um, so I said, "So I took out at me at iron, and what did I do?" Oh, I pulled it into the water. Guaranteed, isn't it? Layups are guaranteed. Hooked it into the water, right? And I looked at him and went, "I told you, I should have gone for it." So then, just for the crack, I dropped one down. 237 yards to the pin. All carry. All carry. Nailed a three wood. Splish, splash. We're having a bath. <laughs> Actually, it was about a foot from getting over the, the edge of it and the, the flag was tight right. Okay. So another yard and that would have been stitched. Very good. But it wasn't. Oh, well. Anyway. So the then, court, we, but we went on to win anyway because I, I, I birdied the last and we, we won two up. So. Oh, very good. So, uh, that was the whole. Remember that was the whole that he hit the stunning five. Five wood. Uh, it was only a six iron for me. <laughs> <laughs> for your third, my second, no, my second, no, no, <laughs> second? second shot. Oh, it's, oh, it's irrelevant. That the, it's irrelevant. The green tees were seventy yards further forward <laughs> than, the, than the, the championship tees. Anyway, here we gotta go. The bed's all finished, and that's it. Any other crack? No, that's us. Just keep in touch on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, if you're out and about playing golf, hopefully the well warm up a bit. Is this the first proper week of back end uh, proper golf? There are some golf co- courses which will be trying to run qualifiers. Yes, I think it is. Fair play to them. Fair play, because they are still a wee bit wet in places. <laughs> Just a bit. Just a bit. Uh, have a great week's golf, everybody. We'll talk to you again in two weeks. Bye. All right, don't touch me. See woo. Shaking that ass. Shaking that ass. Shaking that ass. See woo. Shaking that ass. 
Shaking that ass. Yeah. <laughs>